You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Glory go Auburn family, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion here on the E2C Network. On this episode, we're going to be breaking down a major Auburn Tiger victory, and I mean major not necessarily by the opponent so much, but by the margin of victory and the amount of points scored a major victory for the Auburn Tigers over the South Carolina Gamecocks in Columbia Auburn's record now stands at nine and seven on the year three and five in SEC play after a 109 to 86 win in Columbia we're going to break down all the action the stats the storylines of this game and tonight I'm actually by myself which is a little bit sad because last episode we just announced that we have a brand new regular co-host here on Inside the Jungle Mr. Gray Oldenburg and he was scheduled to be here with me today to break down this game and I'm sure he's very sad that he's not here to talk about what was an honestly a, a somewhat of a boring game at the end of it but entertaining to watch how good this team is playing together at least for this game and maybe going forward in the future uh he's out sick today and will not be able to join me so we uh, hope he feels better and uh, we're ready to have him back on the next episode so you're stuck with me one more time folks i know i know you're all tired of just me here but one more time just me sitting in here in the chair by myself with that let's get into general notes uh, around the program and uh, somewhat about the game as well we kind of want to talk about before we actually get into the specifics of what happened in this game uh, we've already touched on that gray's not here but the other person that's still missing in action around the auburn football pro auburn basketball program excuse me is justin powell so i believe now if my math is correct this is six straight sec games that he has missed, which is frustrating at times and confusing at times. Now, I do want to say this, folks, because now I'm, I've said uh, probably for the past two episodes now that I'm getting worried about him, what's actually going on. You know, the first one was like, okay, uh, he injured. The second one was like, oh, of course, probably a second one. Third one, you're kind of like, all right, well, maybe it's a little bit more serious than we thought. Four, five, and now six. I'm not just worried, but I'm actually trying to look up why he potentially might be going on because we don't know. We don't know what's going on personally with Justin. But what I did is I went to the NCAA website to look up con- uh, concussion protocols and see uh, what they might have entailed, what could be keeping him from coming back. And when you go there, you'll find several things. You'll find an, a, a guidelines for how to, I guess, focus on all of this. And I didn't read through all that, but there's especially there's a checklist there. Upon inspection for that, I kind of tried to read through the checklist that supposedly the team would probably be following, and I could probably see some scenarios after a concussion where he might be having some trouble. I don't know that for a fact. This is just me as a podcaster who talks about these things, just doing some investigative stuff to try to figure it out. So if you want to kind of maybe make some sense of like how much he might be struggling with this concussion that he had, go look at the guidelines there, and I think there's some very, very... 
important and serious precautions being made for him to ensure that he is ready to come back. We do miss him and want him to be back part of this program because, as you can imagine, as good as they are playing right now with Sharif Cooper back, it'll probably only be better if you put the two of them together in a game and see what type of points can be scored. So we continue to wish Justin well. We'll continue to pray for him and hope that we see him here soon. Some stats about this game that are quite fun. This is the first time Auburn won in Columbia since 2014. You know, in one hand, it doesn't feel like that long ago, but in the other, it does feel so long ago. In fact, if I think back, you all who have been listening here on Inside the Jungle Forever know that I have a bit of a beef with one Michael Carrera, who for some reason stayed around forever at South Carolina. That was back during his tenure there. So this is like just another gut punch to realize it was back when Michael Carrera here is when we, <laughs> when we last won in Columbia. Uh, also, this was, you know, the place, not just, it wasn't since this time, but Columbia has been a, a bad place for Auburn, whether it was Frank Martin being such a good coach, we just couldn't beat him on his home court, Michael Carrera, or if you remember the McLemore, Anthony McLemore leg injury there. So there's not been a lot of great luck for Auburn, um, on the road here in Columbia, South Carolina, but thankfully that streak is snapped here. We don't get to celebrate too many streaks of like bad streaks being snapped these days because Bruce Pearl's basically beaten them all. Uh, but there are still a few lingering around here and there that he is uh, still has the ability to knock off the checklist there and make sure we don't have to think about those things again. So that's one more down. Auburn gets the win in Columbia for the first time since 2014. This was also the most points in an SEC road game in program history 109 i gotta be honest i thought there were probably some games a little bit higher than that even on the road because there have been some terrible basketball teams in the sec that we played in the past and in fairness we probably were one of them at the time Uh, but this is the most points for us on the road in the sec so 109 breaks the program record for that stat right there so let's get into the actual game here and what actually took place for those of you that maybe weren't able to watch and maybe listen on there, but depending on what you wanted to do. And I, I think there's some frustrations that I've seen out there that sometimes the commentators get a little too much into side stories as opposed to actually commentating on the game that's happening. And it's hard to do it sometimes when the game kind of got out of hand for one side like it did this time. So I do want to address that there. But for the first half, offense was the name of the game, not just for Auburn, but for South Carolina but more so for Auburn, especially from behind the three-point arc. Auburn went into the first half, and just 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 take this in, 57-42. to 42. Now, credit to South Carolina for scoring that many points as well, but 57 points in the first half. I believe there's at least one game this season where Auburn scored 57 or less in a loss. So let that sink in. One half, Auburn completed its entirety of one game, potentially, if I, I don't have the schedule in front of me or, or I would go back and confirm that. But I'm pretty confident on that as well. The second half, Auburn held strong to their lead, and they just continued to punish what really seems like a, it's not so much not prepared, but a beleaguered, I guess is the best word, South Carolina team, and it results in the win, 109-86 to 86 on the road. And honestly, it probably wouldn't have been that close had Bruce Pearl not called off the dogs. Uh, late in the game and brought in some of the walk-ons and such. Speaking of which, shout out to Laura Behrman, who gets 
two three-pointers at the end of the game here. So six points for him. That's probably up there in terms of his highest points uh, of his career for a game. Also, Preston Cook got on the floor. And there are a lot of other players that uh, don't necessarily get a ton of time these days with the way the rotation is set up. Chris Moore... Uh, is is one of them that, and we even saw him early. So this was a game that I think was very valuable, obviously for morale reasons, for camaraderie, meshing uh, for the rest of the season. Um, it's one of those things that I think is going to pay dividends, even though it seemed like it was, well, it was a blowout on the road and something that Auburn kind of put away out of hand very, very quickly. Um, and I also thought personally, this was a complete game. You know, I even go back to when Clint Richardson of Auburn Uniform Database was my co-host on this show, and we always used to talk about, and that was his big thing, I just want one complete game from Auburn. And I'd love to have him here right now to ask him, I probably should go text him after this, do you think that was a complete game for Auburn? What do you guys think? I think it was personally. Of course, even in a complete game, you're going to have moments of, you know, letting your guard down, letting them do more than they should, but... It never felt like Auburn had this thing out of hand. In fact, if you look, Auburn actually never uh, gave up the lead at all. They led the entire way of the game once the scoring started taking place. So credit goes to them for getting the lead, maintaining not just maintaining it, but pushing it further and further and further away from a South Carolina team that really seems to be struggling right now. Uh, speaking of that South Carolina team, you know, they just, they're hurting, uh, and, and it's not so much hurting, really. You can really see the difference between a seasoned team who has played not just several non-conference games, but m- more uh, conference games in South Carolina. Because remember, we talked about this in the preview part of last episode for South Carolina. They have played the fewest out of all the SEC teams so they haven't had a chance to mesh as much. And they talked a lot about this in the broadcast, how Frank Martin's been obviously been dealing with some stuff himself, having COVID-19, some surgery things as well going on. And I'll be honest, he did look, you know, like some stuff's been going on with him and you kind of feel for him because he's such a great coach and to have to be going through that personally, but you know, to have his team struggling to kind of mesh in a time when SEC teams are already meshed together, it really was kind of sad and I kind of felt bad for him because I was expecting more of a fight out of South Carolina and not that they gave up. They just weren't up to the level that Auburn was currently in the season and understandably so with the amount of gains that they played. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C network are our listeners are really our E2C network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest, every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on, who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn. Utilize our podcasts, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. Let's talk about some happy news for Auburn. That is, well, I mean, no shock here. Sharif Cooper, first half, he gets a double-double and starts flirting 
with a triple double. Now the problem here is, is that to get the triple double, he had to go get rebounds. And he's not the biggest guard in the world, but to his credit on the night, I believe he got about six rebounds. So he was only four away and he had, I think, five or six coming into the second half. Uh, so there was an opportunity for him to get the triple-double there, and the last person to do that, I believe they said, was Kenny Gabriel, who did it on points, rebounds, and blocks, I think is where he got his triple-double, which is really, really hard to do. It tells you the type of athlete that Kenny Gabriel was. Uh, but Sharif Cooper gets the double-double in the first half and flirts with the triple-double. And someone posted on Twitter the breakdown of Sharif Cooper's game thus far. Here's the sad thing. As impressive as this was, that wasn't his most impressive game. If you go back and look at the Georgia game, his second game, honestly, that was the most impressive game, and he was flirting with a triple-double there as well. So five games into the season for Sharif Cooper, I would say he's been a very good success here. Also a career night for Alan Flanagan, who had 24 points leading the team overall in scoring. This was his best scoring performance of his career thus far, which honestly surprised me. I swear that he had scored at least 26 or something earlier this season, but that was incorrect. So a career night for Alan Flanagan. And you guys, I, I have to take this moment and just savor the free throw percentage. I have been begging, I have been pleading wishing, hoping upon a shooting star <laughs> that we would finally, finally get something really respectable in the free throw percentage category. And would you look over here? 94%. But now I'm going to gripe about something else on that. When you're that close to 100%, you go and look and see how close we were. One bucket away from being 100%. From free throw line 15 of 16 is what we are so then i had to go look and see who was the culprit because i lost track of that during the game of missing the one free throw and you know who that was mr triple double almost himself sharif cooper so i am waving my my finger at sharif cooper to, i'm bare i'm kidding i'm not because the dude's a beast but it was like come on man a hundred percent on free throws that would make me shut up for at least two or three episodes about free throws if we could have gotten 100%. Still very proud, 94%. So you had another one of those little things you can do, especially on the road, to really solidify yourself for when and Auburn did that. So I'm very, very pleased about what I saw there. Let's walk through some of the other stats here. We mentioned that the team high in points was um, Alan Flanagan with 24. Uh, JT Thor had the most rebounds with seven. And Sharif Cooper with his triple-double tonight. We'll do. Let's do all his stats here. Uh, he had 16 points, very respectable for him, probably a little bit lower than what we normally get. Uh, six for seven from free throw, six rebounds. Uh, he did have four personal fouls, and a lot of people think too, and I probably tend to agree with him, had he not gotten to some of those ticky-tack fouls that were were being called on him, we might be a little bit closer to that triple-double. He does get 12 assists on the game, and there was a point where Sharif Cooper, at 12 assists, had more than South Carolina which was kind of sad for them. They did end up with 14 total, <laughs> but that's just barely beating one player out and can tell you the difference that Sharif Cooper can make him. Uh, rest of the points for the team, Jamal Johnson with five, uh, JT Thor with 14. We uh, already talked about Alan Flanagan. Um, Jalen Williams with 18, who came on very strong at the very beginning of the game, had two three-pointers. Javon Franklin with four, Chris Moore with two, Bo uh, Laura Berman with six, uh, Babatunde Akingbola with two, Preston Cooks all time, but did not score. Devin Cambridge with 10 off the bench, our most successful bench score tonight. 
than Dylan Cardwell, who had eight. And it felt like Dylan should have had a couple more because I can definitely think of a few times that he kind of let the ball go, didn't uh, mishandled it underneath the basket. So I would think that he kind of gave up at least four points there. So that could have been another double digit off the bench for him. Like we've said before with Dylan, his biggest thing right now is he's got to settle down when he gets the ball because he gets so excited down there. And he's just an excitable guy, which I love. But he can do so much more, and we've seen it from him. If he'll just settle down, catch the ball, and then go up strong because he's got the body to do that. Uh, we were not able to stop A.J. Lawson, which we kind of said that we needed to happen. The pro- the good thing is is we stopped mostly everybody else. It was only A.J. Lawson with 23. Bryant off the bench for them had 24 as well. And then uh, Cousinard, is that how you – Cousinard is – I don't know how you say it. 16 points, uh, three players in uh, double digits for them tonight. Overall stats, 52% from the field for Auburn. Anytime you shoot 50%, you're going to be doing a very good thing tonight. Same thing, 52% from the three-point arc. We already touched on free throws. Auburn loses the turnover battle, but they did not lose the points off of turnover battle. Only 11 points off those turnovers for South Carolina. So Auburn was able to get back and play defense. Again, admittedly against a struggling South Carolina team and make sure that that didn't cost them too much. Auburn dominates on the boards on both ends of this with defensive and offensive rebounds second chance points they dominate bench points were pretty much even dominated in points in the paint and that's i think where you really saw the difference and with extra time extra um, games to get together and mesh together i think front court for auburn has really solidified itself down there especially in this rotation has showed how big a dominance it can be against teams that are lower in the sec right now uh, 21 overall assists for auburn so a great team win a very complete win here that uh, feels real good and the good thing about this we talked about this in the preview of this um, game right here is that this at least for now at least for now pushes Auburn out of the, what would we call the cellar of the SEC. I usually call the cellar the bottom four because that's usually the ones that keep getting beat up on. And it kind of puts them and keeps them in step with Kentucky, who we can see has the talent. They just seriously haven't brought it together yet. So I kind of see mirroring images here of Auburn and Kentucky, which I think are going to continue to rise. Which one can continue to do that and get up into the upper middle class of the SEC right now because there's a group up there who is not letting go of anything right now for the most part. And speaking of which, I think we should use this time to move right into that with our preview of the next game. And that will be against the number 12 Missouri Tigers. Yes, you heard me right. The number 12 Missouri Tigers. And I'm kind of shocked because that was a surprise for me this year, uh, how well they did a non-conference play with the schedule they had. And for the most part, how they performed in SEC. Admittedly, they have not had the strongest SEC schedule thus far. Their back end's pretty stout, though, and we're going to see if they're really, truly, if they're as good as they look. But honestly, I think they have the best resume of all the SEC teams thus far. Unfortunately, Alabama's starting to look like that with who they've been beating. But um, if you look at the signature wins for Missouri, it's number 21 uh, versus Oregon at the time, number 21. They beat them at home. They also beat number six at the time, Illinois at home. They went on the road and got wins against Wichita State and Arkansas. And I believe all of those, especially since two of those were on the road, are all quad one wins and what helps determine get them into the tournament. So they are sitting very nicely 
now and they probably can't tank the rest of the season and still get in, but I think they are going to be having the resume that's hard to beat at this point, at least at this point of the season. I don't know that you're going to find too much more there. So this game is going to be at 8 p.m. Central Time this Tuesday. It's, we haven't had a Tuesday game in forever. On the 26th, you can watch this on ESPN2. Probably going to be a great matchup, even though it's a real late one. I'm honestly surprised they didn't try to make this one or move this one up to seven o'clock and switch some things around because I do think this is going to be a great game. Missouri is currently nine and two, three and two in the SEC. Now, as of this recording, they are due to play number six, Tennessee, who is currently number six, um, in a couple of hours. And that's supposed to be the matchup of the night here on this Saturday. So we'll see what happens there. They lost in their first matchup with Tennessee and got beat pretty considerably. I think it was a 20 point victory for Tennessee. Now, could be different this time. And I think they really need to beat Tennessee to make sure that they prove that that was just kind of a fluke and trying to figure things out if they want to keep up in the top tier of the SEC right now. Now, they did get a win against South Carolina before this, 81-70. to Win pretty handily. But Auburn put away South Carolina a little bit more than and scored more points. So when we play Missouri, maybe that kind of works in our favor. I don't know. It's hard to sometimes compare games against other games, but... We'll see what happens here. Their worst loss in the year is against Mississippi State, and that's not even that bad. We touched on how they're probably the surprise of the SEC, uh, and they're leading the way with Tennessee and Alabama right now. Uh, so really impressive team coming up here. The schedule is going to get harder and harder, especially these next two games with two ranked opponents. And uh, Auburn has a chance to make a name for themselves since they can't play in postseason play against Missouri and against the next team coming up, which we'll talk about on the next episode. A couple of players for you to keep an eye on against Missouri. Xavier Pinson, the junior guard, 12.9 points per game. And then Jeremiah Tillman, the senior forward, at 8.0 rebounds per game. So that's who you want to watch against Missouri in the late night game this Tuesday. That's all I have for you here on this episode of Inside the Jungle. We always appreciate you being here and being a part of the show and giving it a listen. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?